and welcome to it. Michael Pelka on the Pure Pelka podcast. It's been a crazy busy week. I know you're not seeing daily podcasts from me, but if you're paying attention, I have been doing a three-hour daily radio show all across America on over 100 radio stations for my friend Chris Plant. Chris is a, a big stinking deal, and he allows me to cover for him when he's on vacation. And this week is one of those vacation weeks. So since last Friday, actually, I've been in for Chris Plant, and I'll be in through this coming Friday. So a couple more shows to go. But you can catch them all. I've posted a few segments on pureopelka.com, pureopelka.com. And you can also just go to the Chris Plant Show on uh, where, 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 wherever you get your uh, podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. Go to Apple iTunes. You can get it there. Chris Plant with an E. And uh, we covered the Biden bike accident on Monday. We had a lot of fun Tuesday with the possibility of the Supreme Court decision coming down and people losing their minds. There's Kamala news. And then uh, today we talked about the uh, gun bill, which is going to pass. But there are parts of it I can't stand. Especially the red flag law part. And there may be a visit with Wendy Patrick coming up where we discuss the red flag laws and how the government is going to figure out what is the definition of a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Are we going to make that an official government designation? It seems to be a very slippery, slippery slope. And I'm worried about that. The red flag law thing worries me because you are then presumed guilty until you are able to prove your innocence. And that's not the way this country works. But in the meantime, you would have had your Second Amendment rights completely crushed, taken away, if you will. So I'm not a fan of what's going on with that part of the, uh, the bill. Now, a lot of people are mad at me because I said I'm okay with the raising of the age to purchase a firearm to 21. I think anyone who joins the military and successfully completes training and gets an uh, honorable discharge from the military should have an exemption, should be able to purchase a firearm if they're under 21 and they have served this country. If you will allow yourself to be in the line of fire for the nation, we ought to allow you to have a firearm, as long as you're not dishonorably discharged or a, uh, a convicted felon, etc. There are all kinds of things in which we need to discuss and negotiate on this gun bill, but I think they're going to rush it through just to get something done. And then there's Joe Biden's uh, gas tax holiday. No, it's a bad idea. Bad idea all around. It's going to create more demand, which is only going to create higher prices. And it's also going to delay funding of projects that are needed. We always are told infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. Well, roads and bridges won't be getting the federal tax dollars. Hmm. I wonder who we blame for that. Well, you have to blame the Democrats and Biden if they push through this gas tax holiday. It's still got a ways to go through the House and the Senate. So there's going to be some uh, horn swoggling and uh, deal making happening. We shall see. We shall see. But as I said, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. 
the next couple of days, especially if we get close to getting the final Supreme Court decisions handed down. The uh, gun decision out of New York, the concealed carry decision, and the decision out of Mississippi regarding abortion, which would effectively put abortion back in the hands of every state. A huge win for those of us who believe in federalism. A gigantic win. It's not going to make abortion illegal. It's going to allow the states to have a say, which is really how the place was supposed to run. Uh, There's a bunch of other small decisions coming out, too. And uh, it was Tuesday we got the decision of the Supreme Court out of the main case, which actually was a big win for um, religion, freedom of religion, and school choice. And I know the left is losing its mind, and and I think it was, uh, was it Kagan or Sotomayor, one of the two far-left liberal justices, said, well, this is tearing down the wall between church and state, which uh, there is no mention of separation of church and state in the Constitution, kids. Uh, you, of all people, should know that. So pay attention. It's kind of important. All right, uh, I'm going to point you again to puropelka.com, where you can get the Chris Plant fill-in work I've been doing all week, three hours a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and uh, encourage you to check it out because we're doing a full-on radio show. And if you can hear it live, you're welcome to. It's based out of Washington, D.C., but airs all across the country. It's based out of WMAL in Washington, D.C., Washington's Mall. And they stream the show on the Internet so you can find it. So you can hang out, you can call in and opine on everything we're talking about. You are welcome to do that. In the meantime, I did spend some time with our friend Jim Stovall, the man with the Winner's Wisdom column, and uh, we're going to have a discussion. That's next on the Pure Opelka podcast. My friend Jim Stovall, and, and I call him my friend because I feel like I know him after talking to him for several years once a week, but we've never met in person. My friend Jim Stovall is joining us again to uh, discuss this week's Winner's Wisdom column that he posts on jimstovall.com, and you can get it delivered to yourself for free as well. You just go to jimstovall.com and fill that thing out, and it shows up. But I like to dig deep into it. So Jim affords us that luxury by spending a little time with us. And today, Jim Stovall, I have to welcome you in with uh, great applause because this is a topic that everyone in D.C. needs to hear, especially the discussion of uh, fault and blame, which uh, (laughs) I'm just fascinated by how much time we spend on this. Welcome back, my friend. Well, it is great to be with you and great to be counted among your friends. I I imagine uh, many, many of your friends are people who have never met you. I It may fall off after that. I don't really know. But uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you every week. And, you know, when we look at fault and blame, you know, when there's a problem, an issue, a challenge, whatever it is we're dealing with, you can only do one thing at a time. And uh, you, you can either find out whose fault it is, you can blame someone, or you can find a solution. And we have a lot of people, and particularly a lot of people in Washington, they would rather find an excuse than find a solution. And that's a big part of our problem. 
you know, whatever happened, whoever's fault it was, you know, we need to, uh, you know, we need to move on and move ahead because if you're looking for someone to blame, you're not looking for a solution. And the very person you're blaming is probably needed to implement a solution. And uh, that's one of our big challenges we're looking at today. You know, you're so right. And that is a, a key issue that we have to address. I had a boss, one of the best bosses I had used to say whenever we stumbled into something, how do we make sure this never happens again? And mm -hmm. I think that's the real the real test of a, a leader is not to worry about a fixing blame. That will happen no matter what. But to make sure a mistake doesn't become a repeated thing that happens and slows you down. So um, while it's important we find out what happened and where the fault was focused, the uh, obsession with what we call blame storming sometimes just uh, stuns me. I don't understand why we have to spend so much time making sure we tattoo somebody with the blame. Yeah, and it, it, it just seems to be so highlighted in our political process. And, you know, Mike, I, I just, and I, I'm, a, you know, just either side of the aisle. It doesn't matter. I mean, how far into an administration can you go and still blame the other guy? You campaigned on the fact that these are the problems, you have solutions, uh, but, uh, you know, two years, three years into an, your administration, you're still saying it's, it's my predecessor's fault and there's nothing I can do. Well, if you'd have told us that when you were running, well, my predecessor has screwed this up and there's nothing I'm going to be able to do, you wouldn't have got elected. You got elected to solve this problem and solve the problem. We don't expect you to be perfect. We don't expect anybody to be perfect. We expect people to, you know, take responsibility and move on. You know, one of the biggest challenges I think people have in their personal and their professional lives is they want to blame everybody for their past, but then take control of their future. And unless or until you and I are willing to say that uh, our present circumstance is a product of all the decisions we've made in the past, everything that's ever happened to us, has brought us to this place at this time where we are right now. And once we can accept the full responsibility for that, only then can we live this day and every day the rest of our lives in the certain knowledge that tomorrow can be anything we want it to be based on the choices we make today. Now, I get it. Bad things happen to good people. You're talking to a blind guy. I get it. There's, there's a lot of challenges out there. And, you know, and my blindness is no greater or lesser than someone else's divorce or bankruptcy or job loss or crisis with their kids or whatever it is. We're all only as big as the smallest thing it takes to divert us from where we ought to be. But while we don't have a choice about some of those life circumstances, we always have a choice in what we're going to do about it. And for every person that fails and blames someone else for a specific circumstance, I can show you someone else in that same condition that used that as a springboard to do greater and better things. So it's always up to us. And uh, the question is never can we. The question is always will we. But as long as you're holding on to your past and blaming someone else, you can't focus on your future and take control. You're so right. And, and Jim, I have to underline something that's in this week's column as well which I think is critical to everybody who's trying to get, get forward motion and get on to the good things in their life. 
One of the most, you say this, I'm quoting your column. One of the most powerful phrases in the world is, quote, I made a mistake, close quote. That is one of the most powerful things anybody can say, president or, or spouse or boss, anyone. Yeah, we are uh, looking at the 50-year retrospective right now on Watergate. And can you imagine, that was not about a third-rate burglary. That was about a cover-up and a lie. And if the powers that be, including President Nixon, had just come out and said, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. But his inability to say those four words took down his whole administration. And, you know, and then I remember when the, when Bill Bradley, the, the former NBA star, ran for Congress, and then he, he then he became a congressman. Then he, then he was running for president. And when he announced his presidential campaign, and the first deal, he said, "Look, I spent over a decade in the NBA. I was a young man. I was single. Uh, if I smoked something, I inhaled it. If there are young ladies saying I did things with them, uh, they probably are correct, whether I remember it or not. I'll own all of that, and I'm not going to talk about it after today." The media went away and just said, "Okay, fine. He, he owned it." But if you start denying and subverting everything, then it becomes an issue. When you just say, I made a mistake, people are readily, ready, willing, and able to forgive. And I think that is such an important point as well. We really are a forgiving people because we recognize our own frailties and our own failings and that we want to be forgiven too. And I, I think once you grasp that, you can be uh, a lot kinder person and receive a lot of kindness. So I, I love this week's column, Jim. Fault and blame is the title. It, it's, not, uh, it's not about uh, a car insurance policy. It's about understanding the power of getting past blame storming and obsessing with finding fault and moving forward. You can go to jimstovel.com. Sign up. Get the uh, Winner's Wisdom column or join Jim every week as he joins me. My friend, thank you so much. Can't wait. Next week we're going to talk about the new book, right? We will indeed, and I will look forward to it. Until then, have a, a great week. 